the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Last week we looked at God's appointed times and the one we looked at was Yom Kippur. Today, we continue looking at God's fall feasts as we talk about Sukkot. First, let's pray. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King. We're thankful, Lord, for your faithfulness, your love, who you are, how you display yourself to us, especially during these fall feasts. And so we ask, Father, that people would read your word and that they would really sense your faithfulness, your power, your love, your compassion for us. And that, Lord, as we read your word, we are amazed at how you have put all of this together. So, Lord, we bless you, we thank you, we honor you. And Lord, I do pray for salvations, salvations for Jewish people especially, but salvation for the world. Lord, we need a revival, a great revival in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, as I mentioned each week, if you would like to bless us with a a financial gift, either one time or a monthly pledge, we'd appreciate it. If you'd call Karen at 813-831-5673, allows us to stay on air. I would just mention that uh, invite a Jewish pre-believer to watch our services on Friday and Saturday night, and also um, our our, uh, Tuesday evening prayer meeting at 630 you go. You can go to our website and see all of this live, shoreshdavid.org backslash TPA live, as in Tampa, TPA. So it's shoreshdavid.org backslash TPA live, or you can go on Facebook and find us there uh, as well. I love this time of year and how we focus so strongly on the Lord. It's been an amazing time. So during this week, we celebrate uh, Sukkot, 
the Feast of Tabernacles. We built uh, one at our synagogue. Come by and and in fact, on Monday, we have a, a pizza party for our kids to decorate the sukkah. So if you have like uh, anything that would hang in sort of a semi-outside area of like fruit or uh, just decorative things, uh, feel free to come and have some pizza with us. That begins um, at 5 o'clock on, um, on the... Uh, no, 5.30, I see. 5.30 on the 20th, tomorrow, Monday. And so it'd be a blessing to have you uh, do this with us. Uh, and on the 24th, we have a Shabbat dinner where we will be talking about Sukkot, and that will in, be in the sukkah, uh, outside, uh, weather permitting. And then uh, on Saturday, we'll have our Sukkot service. And the following Monday, the 27th, we'll have our eighth day, Shemini Atzeret and Simcha Torah, which is the joy of the Torah, where we roll back the Torah from Deuteronomy to Genesis. It's always a a great service. You know, Sukkot has a lot of names, uh, like a number of these holy days. And the first one I think of is Chag Hasifi. Sa- Asif, <laughs> sorry, Chag Ha Asif, and that's the festival of ingathering, or Chag Ha Sukkot, the festival of booths, or He Chag, which is the festival, and Hag Hashem, which is the festival of the Lord, or Ziman Simchatenu, which is the time of our rejoicing. So uh, I'd like to start with Leviticus 23, 34, where we read about the, uh, the holy day of Sukkot. It says, speak to the children of Israel, saying, the 15th day of the seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. On the first day, there shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. For seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall have a holy convocation, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It's a sacred assembly, and you shall do no customary work on it. So to summarize, first day have a service or some sort of get-together, um, We'll be doing that at our decorating party outside, have a little service, and seven days um, offering made by fire, and I believe uh, since we don't do a fire offering, but we can have fire in our heart, right? And, And that would be the fire that I'm sure God would be pleased with if we had a heart for him. And then on the eighth day, another holy convocation, which is our eighth day celebration, a week from Monday. And uh, no work uh, beginning um, next Monday. Uh, So, again, no work. And then in verse 40, it says, And you shall take... For yourselves on the first day of the fruit of the beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees, the willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. 
I love this concept of rejoicing. I mean, we've gone through Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. We see the the fact that we are called by God uh, to wake up, to be revived. We are to repent before the Lord, and now we are in his presence, and it is time for rejoicing. Uh, God just uh, does a beautiful job, I think, with this. Uh, you shall keep it, in verse 41, as a feast for the Lord for seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. So, As I always ask, and by now you already know not only the answer, but you know the question, is how long is forever? Does that include the time we're living in now? Okay. Uh, You shall dwell in booths for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses declared to the children of Israel the feasts of the Lord. So we uh, have a booth that we build. Many people do it at their homes as well. It's a temporary dwelling. Uh, Native-born are to be there uh, to to definitely have that in Israel. And you're supposed to decorate them, this booth or this temporary dwelling, uh, with beautiful branches of palms and boughs of leafy trees and willows of the brook. And it's forever. Now, generally, traditionally, the roof is open uh, to some degree so that you can see the stars and just consider the fact that you are depending on God. Tell you, in this rainy season, we will be depending on God, definitely. (laughs) This is a temporary building, which means we rely on God for uh, just keeping it up. And uh, yes, so. You know, Sukkot is another holy day where you can connect the dots between the Hebrew scriptures and the new covenant. Isaiah 12, 2 says, behold, God is my salvation, my Yeshua. I will trust and not be afraid for God. The Lord is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation, my Yeshua. Therefore, with joy. You will draw water from the wells of salvation. So remember, as I read this scripture, the word salvation in Hebrew is Yeshua. Now in Yochanan, John seven thirty-seven and 38, on the last day, the great day of the feast, which was Sukkot, Yeshua stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So as Yeshua was saying this, besides Isaiah 12, uh, these scriptures were probably being remembered by the people as well. Isaiah 44, 3, which says, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your offspring and my blessings on your descendants. Or Isaiah 58, 11, then Adonai will guide you continually, satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never 
fail. Or Ezekiel 47, which talks about one verses one and two, talks about the river of life. And Zechariah 14, eight, where it says in that day, living waters will flow from Jerusalem. Look, Yeshua at Sukkot is the fulfillment of all of these scriptures. He provides everlasting nourishment, everlasting living water. And during the feast of Sukkot in the first century, the Jewish people took part in an amazing water-drawing ceremony on the last day of the feast. So they'd go down to the Pool of Siloam, draw water, then draw that water, and they'd have a processional to the Temple Mount. And there would be great joy. And then they'd pour out the water and recite Isaiah 12, which I did. And there shall you draw water from the wells of salvation. And imagine the scene at the time of Yeshua's appearance. It's likely that in the midst of this ceremony, that's when he stood up and he said, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. You know, it it just is amazing. And, And so do you see how he was the fulfillment of the prophecies in the Hebrew scriptures of Isaiah, Ezekiel, Zechariah, and others? And, you know, another thing about Sukkot is that it's one of the festivals where everybody was to go to Jerusalem, the men. And so in Exodus 23, it explains this verse 14. Three times in the year, you are to celebrate a festival for me. You are to observe the feast of Matzot for seven days. And um, then it talks about that. And then it says also you're to observe the feast of harvest, the first fruits, which is uh, talking Um, about the uh, Shavuot, and then it talks about the Feast of Ingathering in verse 16, which is Sukkot, at the end of the year when you gather the crops from the field. Three times in the year, all your men are to appear before Adonai Elohim. So that's Passover, which is celebrating the Passover lamb, Yeshua, uh, Shavuot, we celebrate the giving of the law and the Holy Spirit. And Sukkot, we're celebrating the ingathering, not only from the field, but a time when Yeshua the Messiah will return and will gather up those who have received him. So we see that Sukkot has a future prophetic purpose. Consider other prophecies about Sukkot, like in Zechariah 14, 16, and 17. This is amazing. Then all the survivors from all the nations that attacked Jerusalem will go up from year to year to worship the king, Adonai Tzavot, the Lord of hosts, and to celebrate Sukkot. Furthermore, if any of the nations on earth do not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, they will have no rain. Wow. Instead of coming to Jerusalem for battles, now the nations come to honor God and remember his faithfulness by keeping the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem. Won't that be a turnaround? Wow. Yeshua told us to go to the ends of the earth with good news, but in the millennial, the people of the earth will come to Jerusalem to worship and honor the King, the Lord God Almighty. And the final Sukkot is recorded in Revelation 21, 1 through 6. This is again prophetic. 
Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride or or adorned for her husband. I also heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is among men, and he shall tabernacle among them. They shall be his people, and God himself shall be among them and be their God. And he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Nor shall there be mourning or crying or pain any longer, for the former things have passed away. And the one seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Then he said, Write these words, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will freely give from the spring of the waters of life. Oh, my goodness. Is that amazing? I love it. I love it. God emphasizes his final gathering of the believers. He describes those whose name was written in the book of life. And this new chapter in his plan, it's done. He speaks of all of us freely drinking from the water of life. Does this excite you? Look, the Hebrew Scriptures and the New Covenant coming together as one, just like Jews and non-Jews come together in Yeshua. Sukkot was always known as the holy day that commemorates God dwelling with his people. How fitting for the kingdom of God when it fully comes to the redeemed earth to be considered the ultimate fulfillment of his holy day. God himself will finally dwell with his people and in all his fullness. The sukkah of God will be among men when Messiah Yeshua dwells as the ruler of the thousand-year messianic kingdom. Remember, if any man thirsts, let him come to Yeshua and drink. Is that an amazing reason to have great joy? Consider the following. I won't be dogmatic about this, but I think it's reasonable to think about, and you guys can research it. Uh, Look, it's possible that Yeshua was born during Sukkot. There was no room in the inn. Right? Because it was one of the three pilgrimage holy days. So (laughs) Jerusalem was filled up, right? And that brought, you know, people were coming from the surrounding areas to celebrate. So he was born in, we hear, a manger, but it could be a sukkah, right? We read that the shepherds were tending their flock by night. But it's extremely cold in Jerusalem in December. The average night temperature is probably in the low 40s. It could have easily been in the 30s, too. Yeshua's birth is more likely to have been in September, October, when it was warmer. That would make the conception at Hanukkah time. That's an interesting thought, right? 
Think about it. Yeshua being conceived at the time of the Festival of Lights, which is actually when people celebrate Christmas. Maybe they're celebrating his conception. Well, any rate, but think about it. Yeshua being the light of the world and also Hanukkah meaning dedication. Some traditions, both in the Jewish community as well as the Messianic community, is to have every uh, evening of the feast a time to use the lulav and the etrog. Now, this is a whole new thing. So we're getting away from when Yeshua was born, and we're going to some of the traditions. And this lulav is a palm branch along with myrtle and willow, and they're combined together. And there's also an etrog, which is a citron fruit, and they're wrapped together in order to be handled, um, handheld by, by waving in every direction. And when you wave it in every direction and you say a blessing, and it symbolizes the harvest and God's omnipresent over this entire world. He's everywhere, right? And it's also traditional to teach that each of the parts of the lulav are, re- reflect a different type of person. The etrog tastes sweet and has a delightful aroma, and it represents a person with knowledge of the Torah and good deeds. And the lulav, which comes from a date palm, has a fruit that tastes sweet, yet has no fragrance. Hence, some people have knowledge but no good deeds. Now, this is traditional, by the way. (laughs) The myrtle is just the opposite, having a nice fragrance, yet no taste, which represents good deeds without true knowledge. And the willow, since it possesses neither taste nor smell, represents the person who lacks both knowledge and deeds. Though this doesn't seem to have a real purpose and explanation for us, perhaps this can serve as a reminder that faith without works is dead, James 2.17. So, let's look at this as we finish talking about the fall feasts. We could probably do a, a summary, but you know it's getting to the end of, of this uh, teaching. And so, let me just say uh, a couple things about this time period. Uh, and next week, I'm going to uh, give my message that really summarizes this entire fall feast time. But I, I would like to really end and, and just mention to you that I'd love to see you come and visit at our services Friday night and bring people who don't know the Lord. Our heart is to see salvations. And if you have pre-believing Jewish friends... Oh, that would be even better. Uh, just bring them and, and come to our prayer meeting or just watch us. Watch us on, on Facebook at 6.30 Tuesday evenings or watch us have a, a, a party on Friday nights or Saturday mornings and invite people over to uh, watch our service online. You know, you can go to uh, Facebook and put in Sharesh David and, and just... Uh, Tampa, and that'll get you there. Or you can go to our website, shereshdavid.org backslash TPA live. That's fine too. TPA standing for Tampa. Um, 
So however you want to do it, that would be fine with us. Uh, we would love for you to consider, especially at this time of the year, uh, to help us financially. That would be a blessing. For any questions or anything you have, call Karen at 813-831-5673. Would you join me as we close in prayer? Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, we're just blown away by who you are and what you have done and, and how your word comes together supernaturally. And Lord, every day is a journey with you, and we are excited. I pray that you will help everybody who is hearing my voice just sense your presence. And may you, Lord, be their first priority, and may they grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.